a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Special coverage on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. This is Taylor Morgan. I'm joined by Mara Carabello. Filling in today, temporarily, of course, no one can replace Boyd Matheson, but we're filling in for Boyd. And we are talking all about the legislative session now as we transition, Mara, from national stories to uh, the Utah legislature. Uh, We are going to talk about an important new effort uh, to – to work on food security. And uh, we have with us now joining the show, minority leader in the Utah Senate, uh, Senator Luz Escamilla is with us to talk about uh, this new effort to address food security in Utah. Thank you for joining, Senator. Thank you so much, Taylor and Mara. It's always a pleasure to, to say hi to all of you guys, and thank you for covering this. Yeah, we're so great to, grateful to have you. We know how busy you are. It's day two of the session <laughs> How are you holding up? Okay, only forty-three more to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm counting the days. I'm telling you by hours now. Yeah, you're but excited to be here, right? A, a lot of work to do, and we have a busy afternoon. As you know, we're having some very, especially in the Senate, uh, Health and Human Services will be addressing three bills that are, you know, have huge concerns for the Senate Democrats. So we're yes. we're ready for handling that. But in terms of food security, um, we we uh, this was my bill last year, and we. We passed a bill that created the Food Security Council, the very first one in the nation. And it really, uh, and it's housed at USU. So we had our press conference because they literally just did their kickoff today at USU. And um, just a great opportunity to bring a systemic approach to our food security insecurity that we're facing in the state of Utah. We've seen a drastic increase since the pandemic and it hasn't stopped. So what we learned is I think the pandemic highlighted just how real this is. For many of our families, but we haven't seen a decrease. And that's heartbreaking when you think that many of our working families, many of them working families, your neighbors, they go, their kids go to school with your kids, are facing um, the unknown of a meal the, the same evening or the next day. And we need to make sure that we are bringing all the stakeholders together and focusing on look, you know, growing our foods here in Utah, being more sustainable in our own state. Right. So we're working with agriculture, with local first. We're having all the agencies working and combining efforts and, and advocates too, to really um, highlight how many of our families in Utah are facing this problem. So some of the goals, as you stated well, um, uh, is sort of creating efficiencies. Uh, tell me a little bit more about who's on the council and what process they'll use uh, and, and sort of what would that outcome look like? 
That's a great question. So it's, it's a process question. So we're not here to say that the government is going to solve the problem. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it has never happened. It's not going to happen this time. What we're trying to do by having this house, for example, at a university and not at a state agency, mm-hmm. is that we want, we want to rely on good uh, research and data and best mm-hmm. practices across the world because hunger is the world issue, obviously. And, and we have that with USU. USU is also our only university that has presence in 29 counties, and they have a community component. So it could not be a better higher education institution than USU to make this happen. So through their um, extension programs that are all over the state, we can utilize accessing communities for education, for participation of solution-driven approaches, and making sure Things stay local, but we have a way to systemically bring those solutions and have a communication directly to the legislature of policies and recommendations that we can tackle immediately without having to wait, you know, years before we can take care of them. So this council provides that through our stakeholders and the um, council members, which are, uh, like I mentioned, USU as a higher education institution that will house and staff this. But you also have Department of Agriculture, Department of Workforce Services, Department of Health. We have agencies or organizations that help, for example, refugee families and communities that are disproportionately impacted by hunger. We have um, the Youth Farm Bureau, which are critical when it comes to the resources and the food and making sure we're staying uh, focusing on local first. Our tribal um, sovereign nations, we will have a representation by the tribal, um, you know, uh, sovereign nations and nations to make sure that they also are part of the solution with us. Higher UC, which is a Utah system of higher education, they've seen a drastic increase, dramatic increase on their on our students in our higher mm-hmm. education institutions facing hunger. So those are some that will bring solutions in a coordinated manner. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. We are joined by Senate Minority Leader, Senator Luz Escamilla, discussing uh, food security and uh, her legislation that she sponsored and passed last year, SB 133, that created the Food Security Council. Senator, I want to now pivot and as part of this conversation, uh, discuss the potential repeal of the tax on food. Uh, Representative Judy Weeks Roner has filed legislation that would abolish uh, the tax on food in Utah. As part of this conversation around food security, do do you see that repeal of food tax happening this session, given our budget surplus? It should happen, and I have not been shy that that is my number one policy priority of supporting that. It's been on the Senate Democrats for years that we've been saying this. 
And, and you know, we, I was in many panels with uh, the president and the majority leader this last couple of weeks as we were heading towards the session. And as they were saying, this is a year of the tax. I'm like, perfect. Let's let's take care of this tax. You know, removing this tax on whole tax on food because it's the right thing to do, and it really will have an impact directly on those families that are making decisions between milk and diapers. So- it happens. People don't believe me. I encourage them to spend a day on the grocery stores on the west side and, and my district, and you'll see many of those families, unfortunately, mm-hmm. having to make those decisions. So, yes, and my answer is I think, so just so you're aware, Senator Maine, which, uh, as you know, has retired, no longer here in the Senate, had a bill that was only, you know, as we're trying to find solutions as Democrats, you know, we work in this incremental steps pieces. We are fully supportive of, of the good representative from West Valley to eliminate the entire, um, obviously, it sells tax on food, but we also are bringing a solution, and I'm picking up um, Senator Maine, former Senator Maine's bill on at least targeting the WIC products. So those products that are, are getting subsidies for families that are in, in SNAP or WIC, we're trying to maybe target those as, as, as a good start for, you know, repealing the, the tax on food, at least for those products. So that's a bill that I'm now having to take uh, from Senator Maine, former Senator Maine, that I'll be working on this session. So even if we don't get the full amount on all, ta- you know, repealing all sales tax on food, which is the ideal, I'm going to bring a smaller version for the ones that have more needs than any other groups. Senator Luz Escamilla, uh, she is the Senate Minority Leader for the Utah State Senate. She is on her second day of a 45-day session, and we really appreciate you taking time to join us today. Yeah, thank you, Senator. Well, Hang in there. Thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful day. You too. So, Taylor, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, as she said, we have heard from both the Senate and the House um, minor- majority leaders that tax cuts are a top priority. And as you heard, Democrats are offering and some and some um, moderate Republicans are offering the notion of limiting the sales tax. So keep paying attention and put your voice in where you would like your taxes eliminated. Next, we're going to stay with the legislature and we'll be joined by KSL's reporter, Lindsay Ernst. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.